Life is full of personal wins. I'm still waiting for mine. Whether it's cleaning your house or getting that dream car, winning at life is a great feeling. And with the State Farm Personal Price Plan, you can keep winning when you create an affordable price just for you by bundling your home and auto. Chrissy, you're always on top of all of this. Well, I am very deficient in some areas, but this is not one of them. I also love how personal State Farm is. I love my State Farm agent, Mike. Shout out to Mike. And guess what? Today, you guys can talk to a State Farm agent to learn how to bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, wait for it, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability amount on discounts and savings and eligibility vary by state. Great news. Macy's has everything you need for all your summer occasions, including the perfect outfit for graduation, your summer trip, or that end of the year summer wedding. I have one of those. It is formal black tie. Yikes. They're going to help me out. I'm also getting really excited for summer with Mac. I'm going to go to Macy's.com for new bathing suits, beach towels, even floaties for my guy. Shop at Macy's.com or in store. They have all the poolside essentials. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person any time, day, or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Calm Down with Aaron and Carissa is a production of iHeartRadio. Welcome, everybody. This is the Calm Down Podcast. Hi, Aaron. Hi. Aaron's going to be weirded out. She doesn't like when I do this, but Aaron was just nominated for a sports Emmy. For those of you that can't see, I am clapping in a circle. Long overdue. Don't say anything. It's a big deal. I'm proud of you then. I was excited. Thank you very much. I was really pumped up. It's my first one by myself. I've won before, you know, with College Game Day and the World Series, but never, I never thought I'd get nominated for Sideline Reporter. So it was really special. So special that I went to go shave my legs after I heard about it and I had goosebumps. And you know, when you have goosebumps and you're shaving your legs, not good because the hair's just growing back at the same, it's it's a bad combination. And then it's, it's like horrible. it's like sandpaper. And now we've got mm-hmm. razor burn and it's a whole situation. Yeah. And and later on, not this episode, but some other time, we have to talk about shaving around the knees. I have so many patches of hair. Mm-hmm. I just mm-hmm. can't get to it. And the Anyways. ankle. The ankle is yep. a oh, very yeah. difficult spot to get to. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you about the first time I was shaving my legs on the episode of Shaving My Legs, sponsored by someone, hopefully. Kathy Thompson walked in, my legs bleeding everywhere because I didn't use water or soap the first time. I just was hiding in my closet, shaving my legs. I thought you were going to shave I your legs. I went like this with my razor the first time I did it. Slice my skin right off on my bony legs. Well, you still have bony legs. Right off the shin. The shin. Yeah. Lots of scars there. I thought you were going to say you were shaving your legs because you're going to get lucky tonight because you're a nominee. <sighs> No, there's a home Kings game. So mama's going to bed early. Okay, well, fair enough. All right, so we've got a great episode for you. I know we teased last week, Aaron, that the Ryans were coming on, but our friends yeah. are very busy. They have a lot of things they to do. They are so busy. Also, I had to change in a schedule because I did an interview yesterday with one of our favorite receivers in the league, Devontae Adams. So much fun. Yes. So the Ryans will be on soon enough, but we are very, very lucky because a guy that I have been wanting to talk to since I started watching his show on Netflix, Jaws Leverett. What a guy. His show is Canine Intervention, and Aaron and I have a huge affinity for our pups and all other pups out there. So I'm really looking forward to talking to him. 
Yeah, no, I love that. So your infatuation or love for German shepherds, you were raised with them. Is that how that happened? I was. I had a German shepherd growing up. His name was Hawkeye because my father loved the show MASH. And my mom did daycare for us when we were growing up because my mom's like, how am I going to make money while watching these children? So she had, we had like a whole daycare. There was like 10 kids. I mean, now it wouldn't be decode. It would be illegal in like 10 states. But uh, (laughs) the German shepherd was like how, how, how is. Super docile, like good around kids, good like weave in and out of all of us. No problem. There is no chance that I would let Daisy even around my own child, which is going to be a problem. I really want to ask Jaws about that. My dogs are not good around kids. They've never been around kids. Oh, really? Is yours? Yeah. No, I mean, Howie's never been around kids either. Our issue comes from leash aggression and things like that. But, you know, around kids, I was always kind of afraid just because he's just not good with dogs that get in his face and don't give him his space. We did go to Caesar Milan a couple years ago. He was everything. And what's interesting, and I can't wait to see about our interview coming up, is we learned it's all about us. It's not about the dog. Like, the dog's fine. You're the asshole. Mm-hmm. Like, you have the problems. Howie was overweight. He was my firstborn. You know, I'm talking to him like a child. I still do. I give him anything he wants to kind of train him. And what was incredible was Caesar just looked at him and he stopped what he was doing. And it was like, okay, you're the real deal. Whereas mommy is like, oh, go, come here. Ho, ho. Mommy loves you. Mommy loves you. Mommy loves you. Right. And Caesar's like, well, of course the dog's not going to listen to you or pay attention. So in the kid area, I think we're good. We have enough little kids that we're around. He's totally fine. Plus, if a kid's holding a Pringle or a Cheeto, <laughs> even better. I mean, I will worry about a finger or two, but, you know, we're just going to have to say, give it to him, which no, but you, goes his weight again. You, um, yeah, but I got a whole, I, I'm going to need Jaws for the rest of my life. I might have to, like, build a house out here for him and his family to move into because there's no chance I trust my dogs around kids. That's Aww. a ways away, though, because I'm not having kids anytime soon. But with that, speaking of being a kid, you you asked me about having a German Shepherd. I know the Andrews house and the, their love for retrievers. How many retrievers have you guys had in, you know, throughout the duration of your life? We had our first baby was Ashley. She was great. She lived till about 10 or 12. All our Goldens lived till about that. And then they all developed a cancer. God love them. And you and I have made each other cry at nights, like talking about our dogs. That's another. So we had Ashley. We had Emmy. That was a rescue. Actually, Emmy wasn't. Coco was a rescue. And then my mom and dad, when I left, had Cody and Cheryl. Do you remember my wedding when my parents showed up and our Golden had passed away when I was on the flight? My parents were on the flight to my wedding. It's I can't imagine. First of all, the emotion of like how close you are with your family. So you're getting married. I think the emotion might have been higher for the loss of the of the, pup, the dog. Honestly, of course. And it would have been for me, too. I mean, I talk to you about this all the time. If I have at least two glasses of wine, I can start making myself ball right away about when Howie dies, I'm going to have to be buried with him. Like, I cannot go through this world without this dog. No, Aaron, I was texting you because Willis was sitting on the couch one night and I sent you a picture. I'm like, he's getting older. (laughs) He's going to die. And you're like, don't say that. But it's true. We get so attached to them and they become, oh, speaking of them, look who's just got back from the dog walkers because, oh, Shakshi, 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 for those of you watching on YouTube and there's Willis. Hi, Willis. Willis, still alive. So that's the good news. Um, I don't I don't know. I don't know how there's a reason that they're called man's best friend. Well, a lot of action. Um, man's best friend is because. OK, well, this is maybe a bad idea to have the door open. Um, we just love them so much. And they are, you know, like you mentioned, we don't have children and they are our right. children. And so it's going to be. But we don't. Well, let's not think about them leaving yet. 
No, no. But the night before we got Howie, you know, this was Jarrett and I did it before we got married, like literally a couple of weeks before. I remember having thoughts to myself, like, I don't know if I really want this dog. Like we're saying we want it, but I don't know if I want it because my mom always took care of the Goldens Mm. and I loved them. But like, I always knew my mom loved our dogs more than she loved us. It's just how it happened. And now I get it. Like I love Jarrett, but Howie is my life. And we were talking this weekend about a story to tell about I'll freaking do anything for this dog. Like I will, if we're walking down the street and there's another dog coming and it looks like Jared's not paying attention. I'm like a full blown bouncer. I'm like, mm-hmm, oh, yeah, I'm great. Like I get in front of my dog, but we always like, we're the freaking Griswolds. We had this incident on the strand during quarantine. We're like walking him and we see, you know, you see Goldens, you see German Shepherds. And you're like, oh, hey, you feel like your family. We saw this gold behind us and he was gorgeous. Really, like he was kind of far back. We were saying maybe like 100 yards away. And he was really beautiful. And we just kind of waved to the owner like, oh, your dog's so cute. He also was huge. Howie's 70 pounds. This dog was freaking, I would say, 110, whatever. He was massive. The dumb ass owner. We're on the strand. There's a ton of people. Let's the dog go. The dog is running full speed ahead for, towards Jarrett, myself, and How How. For those, I'm only interject. For those that don't know what the strand is, it's yes. basically a sidewalk. So there's yeah. a small amount of distance between that and the beach. So you're you're in close quarters. Once that dog goes, there's nowhere else to go. Okay, go. There's also bicycles coming. Mm-hmm. People on rollerblades. Like I said to Jarrett the other day, why didn't you run and hide? And he said because if I turned and ran with the dog, I could have blown up somebody on rollerblades on a bike, somebody with a baby stroller. So all of a sudden, this guy lets the dog go, and Jarrett and I start screaming. No, no, slow motion. No, on the strand. And people know who we are. It's a small community. Our dog is sexy, like whatever. My husband's won a cup. All of a sudden, I just get like an offensive lineman. I go fucking three-point stance, hands on the ground, and this dog is coming after me. And Jared's like, it could have been a mastiff. It could have been a pit bull. There's nothing separating you guys. No, this is my child. And I know my dog is going to go after this dog, and it's going to be a mess. So I get down. This dog comes. The strand is cement with sand. It is very slippery. The dog comes. I'm in a three-point stance. It wipes me out. I flip in the air like three fucking 60 on my hip Mm -hmm. laying there. Thursday night football this year, Khalil Mack took Tristan Wirfs from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, flipped him over his head and got to Tom Brady. (laughs) I was Tristan Wirfs and Tom Brady all in one. We're going to post that video because I was reenacting it for Troy Aikman dead on. All of a sudden, you you sent me the aftermath of that. Oh, yeah. You have had the one where you were getting ready to go to the NFC Championship game. This was earlier on in the year. You have yeah. bruises all over your legs. Like, it's, it's, I, I just, again, this speaks to what you will do for your dog. Yeah. I mean, that could have been a Rottweiler and mommy's up in it. And like we said to the guy, nothing happened. How he lunged at the dog. The dog backed off. Yeah, that's right. Um, But I said to the owner, what the fuck? And he goes, I thought you wanted me to let my dog go. What? You also learn there's very stupid dog owners, but we'll get into that later. I definitely, so my dogs, anyone that knows me or has been over, you included, where my dogs are not friendly unless you know them like which that's okay I love that like I've lived and again even Kyle lives in New York half the time like my husband's not Mm -hmm. with me all the time so I feel super super safe 
because I have them like I there's times where I forget to lock the door, but I'm not worried about it because nothing's getting through this sucker. This is totally the, the line from Pretty Woman. Nothing's getting through this sucker. <laughs> this is the, the condom of champions <laughs> right here. <laughs> so nothing's getting through these doors with these dogs here. So I do feel very safe, but it's not they're just not warm and friendly with people. So I get nervous to have anybody over because it takes them a second to, but maybe that's a job. Jess can help me with all of those things. So, but honestly, that's one thing I learned with Caesar dogs, much like people have different personalities. You have introverts, you have extroverts. Like, yes. Am I bummed? My dog doesn't socialize. Totally. Are you bummed about your dog and other people? Yes. But that's just the way it is. Like, I don't even care. I mean, I'd rather him be this way and be great with our kids. And I know that's what you want. Vice mm-hmm. versa. They will be. They will. But I have never, ever felt love like this in my life. And again, it always goes back to drinking. Jarrett will be like, you love this dog more than daddy. And I'm oh, like, I walk in uh-huh. I walk in, and I'm like, hi, guys. I can say hi to my dogs. And then Kyle will be sitting there. He's like, do I get any love? And I'm like, oh, yeah, you're fine. He's like, you love your dogs more than you love me. I'm like, they were here before you, homie. And, you know, so it's okay. It's all right. It, he understands. Oh. We love our husbands, but we definitely have a special place in our heart for our dogs. And especially, I mean, I remember when I got Willis, um, I was actually dating someone else and he was like, don't get that dog. And I was like, don't tell me what to do. And so I got that dog and that dog has been there through it all. Oh yeah. I mean, I'm getting misty. Oh God. Yeah. Like I get, Howie's dad died when he was six. Like, Howie's dad was actually six years old. So I'm getting super panicky. And again, glass of wine, get me going. Wait, but how like, do you know that? Because I'm psycho. And we know his, like, he, we know his family history. And when Howie was overweight, I was trying to check in on his dad's lineage, like, and his weight and everything. What? To see how old his dad, or how much his dad weighs. I remember this. We were on vacation in Hawaii. Jarrett was taking a nap, and I looked it up. His dad's name was Cinco. And De Mayo. He I know. And he lives in Houston. The family does. And I looked up and I found his birth certificate and it said born and then death. And I was like, what, what, what? And I immediately texted the owners because I know them. And they were like, we're so heartbroken. Six years is not long enough. So now I'm like, I can't handle this. I can't handle that. You do like a whole uh, genealogy for dogs. Is it still a genealogy? I'll tell you who doesn't have that. Me. Bloodline. A bloodline? His we know his bloodline because the way we got him is he is related somehow to one of my dogs growing up. My mom is a psycho golden retriever mom that she found the bloodline of one of our oh dogs growing up to Howie. Shut up. This is how crazy we are. Oh my God. Okay, this is the difference. You and I have a lot of similarities and are completely different in this regard. I wanted to get this dog. The aforementioned conversation when I was like dating someone else, he's like, uh, you can't get that dog. I was like, uh, I'm getting that dog anyways. It was a, it, what I believe to be a 15 pound, they called him a clique. It was like a mini husky. And I'm like, oh my God, those yeah. dogs are so cute. I'll never forget it. I was with my friend Elizabeth. We were in Chicago watching this dog walk across the street. And I was like, I want a dog like that. So I go online. I find this dog, do zero research on anything because tip- that's me. I'm just an impulse buyer. I bought the dog online. Six weeks later, it came from Kansas. I picked it up at the airport and I was like, oh, you're so cute. Then he kept growing and growing and growing. That dog is not what the dog was that I bought online. That was a straight bait and switch. That woman from Kansas, which again speaks to me, I never followed up with her. I never called her. I wasn't like, hey, yo, you gave me a coyote from the backyard. Willis is not that dog at all that I thought I was getting. But I just went with it. And I'm like, well, 
here we are, Willis. And so I did a DNA test on him because I tried to have him trained by a lot of dog trainers. And they were like, does he have wolf in him? Now, all dogs are some sort of version of descendant from a wolf. But they're like, if it's over a certain percentage, then we can't train him. And so I'm like, okay. So I did did a DNA test and turns out that he had 7% wolf or something in it, which was like a lot, I guess, according to the dog trainer. I'm like, here we are. So you wanted a toy poodle and you got two socks from Dances with Wolves. What the hell? I mean, you're not kidding. Where's Kevin What is she running out there? A puppy mill? I mean, God. And then again, you know me. I felt bad. I bought the dogs and I bought Daisy and she had all kinds of issues. But again, however you get your dog is up to you. It's such a personal preference. But I just uh, we just love them. And I am just very impressed on your ability to do this kind of recon. With your, with your dog. That's all my mom. My mom found this dog and the breeder and everything. I remember we were doing a Steelers game and I was literally like writing the breeder a note. And like when he was born, they had a baby cam set up so we could check in on him like a link and his litter. And that's what Jarrett and I would do. We would freaking look at this litter and send each other the pictures from it. Like, look at him, look at him. And then like when he, I remember the day he was born, we knew the day he was going to be born. I mean, this is crazy. I love this dog so much. Like, don't even get me started. We knew the I know day how much you love your dog because the, the um, necklace you're wearing, it says how, how, and I got it for you. You because got I was it like, for me. I was like, there's nothing I can get this chick she doesn't already have. Oh, babe, you're crying. Oh, I love him so much. So the day he was born, Jarrett, I was doing a photo shoot and Jarrett texted me and he said, he's here, he's here. And I was like, oh my God, I hope I love kids this much because this thing, it's like... Ride or die. If he doesn't get along with the kids, sorry, Jarrett, you're going to be with them. I'm with this thing for the rest of my life. Erin, I just love you so much that you're crying over how, how. Oh, he is my angel. He is not an angel, but oh, oh my I God. love him so much. You're the best. Oh, dogs are the best, the best. And I can't they wait are. for our next guest. He is an expert at all things dog. And uh, I'm really excited because watching his show makes me emotional because he has this incredible ability yeah. to go into people's homes and take these dogs that, you know, just haven't been trained the right way. And, and um, I'm really looking forward to speaking to him more and the stories and, and how he even got into what is now his life's passion and able to help so many people because of his incredible skill set. So I believe we're going to take our first break here. Aaron, grab a tissue. Stay I, a while. I wonder if I even love my dogs as much uh, after you watching do. you. Eh, probably not as much. But um. We got plenty more Calm Down podcast coming up right after this. Jazz Loverette, after the break. Guys, everyone loves a win, even if it's small. I had two big ones. I mean, congratulations to me. Let's celebrate. Finally cleaned out the fridge in the garage with all the nasty crap in the drawer from last Christmas, maybe even Thanksgiving. And I'm getting somewhere on my closet. Purging, organizing, what about you? My big wins have to do with the cute little animals up at the ranch. Simba, who's my rescue, graduated. He doesn't have to stay in the crate overnight. He can hang out with the big boys at night. And also my sweet little baby chicks are thriving. So no matter if your win is big or small, it's still a win. And it calls for a celebration. And who's cheering right beside you? Say it with me, Aaron. State State Farm. Farm. The State Farm personal price plan helps you create an affordable price just for you. So talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings and eligibility vary by state. 
Hey there. Did you know that May is Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month? Macy's is celebrating by highlighting some cool AAPI-owned brands like Cardon, Kaja, Amelia George, and Hey Maeve. I mean, I love that a big brand like Macy's is supporting Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month. It's important. But you know what? The best reason to check out these brands is that they're just really awesome. Seriously, you need to check them out. And you know what else? You have a great opportunity to open up access to college for AAPI students and help them succeed by donating to APIA scholars. APIA is the nation's leading nonprofit organization devoted to the academic, personal, and professional success of Asian American, Native Hawaiian, and Pacific Islander students. You can donate online or just round up your purchase at Macy's when you check out. So do what you can to help. Join Macy's and round up your purchase to the nearest dollar at checkout to support APIA scholars. Shop Asian American and Pacific Islander-owned brands at Macy's.com or in-store. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Well, there's really no introduction because we're not formal here. I told Aaron when we started this podcast, I said there's a few people that I need to talk to and you were one of them. We are so appreciative of you coming on. I have a... I am a, a German Shepherd Rescue and I have this husky mix that was supposed to be a 15-pound Klee that turned into a 75-pound wolf because I did a DNA test and he is a hot mess. Uh-huh. Uh, no one's even allowed to come over to my house because he doesn't he doesn't do well with others. Aaron has a gorgeous golden retriever who is far more well-behaved than my dogs. We'll get into that later. So we both share an affinity for for dogs but congratulations on everything uh that you've done and and watching your show you just have this ability to connect not only with the dogs but owners and you make it so so personable like your approach is different than anybody else that i've ever seen how do you feel about this last year and the spotlight that's been shown on your ability that you know you have had for a long time well, I mean, our whole goal was to make sure that we had something to, you know, bring people out of the pandemic with some hope and some inspiration. It was all love that we wanted to just display in this piece. Shout out Lise Duran, my director. I mean, she basically took me. I told her, I said, look, at least we're not doing anything corny, no, no uh, <laughs> reality, you know, type of stuff. Like it needed to be like what it was, was organic. And she kept it. She was able to still tell the story and really capture what we do and how we do it. Uh, shout out my team. We were able to get a lot done in 24 days of shooting. So a lot of people don't know that yeah. part. That's a lot of faster than we usually have to do things. And uh, yeah, we were able to get a lot done. And I'm just glad it came out how it did. It was great. I'm really I'm proud of the work and I'm, I'm I'm really excited to continue. So can we get your background? What is your story? What, where, when, why, how? We're sports reporters. So that's how we like to know how to interview people. <laughs> what made you get into this? What's the backstory with it? Well, me, I was always like a, like one of those kids, I was like ADHD all over the place, oh, yeah. you know, kind of an entertainer. I'd always be trying to like disrupt the class and make a bunch of people laugh yeah. and do stuff. But that was like, that was like me. Like, that's how I learned. Like, I can't sit still. 
Like I need to do unless I'm engaged. And that's what it was, you know, but dogs and animals always kept me engaged. You know, and it was something that would capture my attention. So circle big. I mean, that was just the, the, the source from when I was young. But then later on, you know, I ended up having dogs, you know, living with my mom's, you know, single mother yeah. in the house. Wanted to make sure we had a little edge edge on with some protection. Mm. Got some pit bulls and wanted to teach him. Really got exposed to seeing protection training for the first time. So I got kind of hooked at like 11 years yeah. old. And it was like, I want to speak German to my dogs. I want to do all this stuff. I wanted to be able to be my bodyguards, you know, through not, no matter what. You know, it was like, it just was, it just made sense to me. And then I, I kind of came up, evolved, got into the cannabis industry, tapped back into the dog, said, all right, well, now we need security, you know? And I was like, all right, well, I'm going to train these dogs and teach them how to protect, but then not only teach them how to protect, but learn how to teach them how to protect, you know? And then from there, I really got involved in the dog sports and protection training. Where, you know, was that, because I played a lot of sports growing up, you know, my athletic ability, a lot of people, like uh, as a decoy, you get to do all the bite work, the guy who gets bit. And I was able to just get around a lot of different circles of trainers because, you know, I had the uh, athletic and physical ability to work the dogs. And then, um, yeah, I just, and then I was an entrepreneur. I'm from Oakland. So, you know, this land of the hustlers, you know, we learn how to, you know, make it happen, mm-hmm. you know, from nothing. So <laughs> that's how it goes. You know, I watched my mom was a businesswoman, you know, she, she told me, you know, I watched her hustle out of her. Orange Dotson out the trunk, you know, putting products in a, in a bottle and, you know, clearing people's face up and stuff. So it's like, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of in my bloodline, you know, plus like just the, the mentality of my environment. Cali K9 right there. Boom. <laughs> Amen. And there's not enough time for me to ask all the questions I want to ask you. But uh, again, Aaron mentioned it, like being the sports reporters, like the background that we have, like there's a lot of stories about guys. I just uh, went down to Miami and talked to Dalvin Cook about, you know, Dalvin Cook didn't go till the second round as a running back. And now he's, you know, arguably one of the best, the best running back in the league coming off the performance he had last year. But he talked about how he slipped to that second round because of his upbringing. And he made some mistakes along the way. And the, the yeah, environment sure. in Miami, he grew up in a, in a tough neighborhood. Oh, so yeah. a lot of your story, Jazz, is about where it is that like you come from mm-hmm. and seeing Marshawn and seeing, you know, and, and I used to work with Gary Payton and these guys and like, Northern California and talking about the area that is Oakland. So uh, what is it about where you grew up that you think has made you who you are today and why you think it resonates with the consumer? Because again, like now being on the platform, like there's a consumer for your product, right? Like we consume your product, right. why you think it resonates differently because of your upbringing or because of the neighborhood you grew up in. Well, I think that Oakland is one of the places you just can't be fake. You can't try to like be tough, you know, unless you really are tough, you know? So it's like, you know, all of that. Always got no wannabes. Yeah, no wannabes. You know, you're going to get caught out on that. And I think just as this from playing up in Pop Warner football to, you know, growing up running around in bikes and, and just dealing with, you know, just the, the overall, it was crazy because we grew up in Oakland when it was like the 90s, like the early 90s, when it was like crazy, like, Crack epidemic was crazy. Everything, all these old school gangster shows that they make now were about places like Oakland. And plus we had the whole Black Panther, you know, movement and we had everything going on with just, just hip hop in Oakland and just, I mean, it was just, it's just a trip, man. I mean, I'm so grateful. So, I mean, I, I, I give a lot of, uh, you know, pay homage to my city, pay homage to everybody who comes from my city because, you know, everybody, GP, Beast Mode. You know, Rafael Sadiq, all these people would tell you like, and, and you know, even Dwayne Wiggins, like his partner, if you guys know Tony, 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 you know, like he's still in He's the- done it again. 
He still got that. It up. feels good. You know what I mean? So, and, and I can pull up on, I can pull up on, you know, Dwayne Wiggins right now, and we'll we'll talk about Oakland, and we'll be playing jams, and we'll be smoking weed, and whatever it is, like it's like it's yeah. organic, and you know that's the thing is like can't nobody take that away, and when that is when people see that because the world is so full of nonsense and fakeness, and when people see that, they really you know I think it gravitates to that. So that's all we're trying to do is give y'all a piece of um. Just what, like, you know, it's like an urban entrepreneur. You know, we're trying to, like, be, it's bigger than just being beast mode or being Gary Payton. Like, we're hustlers in different kind of ways, yeah. you know. And we got, we're financially intelligent. We know how to balance checkbooks and pay off our, our, our debts and, 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 and create accounts and do all these different things. And it's like, people forget, like, hustlers and, and like, this whole, the whole persona of being, like, a street hustler, you're really, like, a businessman. And that's the whole thing. Is like, we want to show, like, new age businessmen within these communities like Oakland, California. So new age businessman. I, I mean, I've got, like Chris mentioned, I have a 70 pound golden retriever sitting next to me. I'm, a, I'm obsessed with dog trainers. We've been to some. What separates you? What's different about what you, you know, with your Netflix show? Congrats on season two, by the way. Saw that yeah. was announced. But what's yeah. different about... Well, it's official. Okay. 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 It no, is. It is official. Yeah. I'm going to no, go no, ahead and say, yeah, we're good here. We're going to put that into the energy. We're going to put that into the, to the, to the, to the air. <laughs> The, the universe. But um, what's different is just an understanding of dogs, yeah. you know, just being able to really be fully immersed in dogs and really do, dive deep, um, really getting into temperament of different dogs, dealing with the highest caliber of dogs, dealing with the most sensitive of dogs, and being able to just understand the full spectrum of the animal and being able to teach and convey it to the people. So, you know, you guys talk sports, we can talk sports and dogs. Yeah. We can talk cars and dogs. We can talk. So it's about getting into the people because the people have to continue on when I'm gone. I can't stay with yeah. people 24 hours a day. You know what I mean? So I have to get the message, get it through them, make it resonate. Sometimes I got to be a little bit firmer to get it across because I don't have time. You know what I mean? If I play yeah. with you, then you're going to sit there and not really take it serious. So it's like, it's all about really just kind of understanding the temperament of the person we're dealing with, plus the temperament of the dog we're dealing mm -hmm. with, the environment, the timing. I mean, some dogs, they're going to get put to sleep if they don't get it fixed right now. Yeah. Like, we don't have six months. You know what I mean? Like, it mm -hmm. just takes one person to, like, let the leash go or something happen. And it's a, that's another you know, dog that can be harmed or something. So it's like a lot of this stuff is just depends on case by case basis. The kids, what change, what's the difference in Cali canine is we worry about temperament, not breeds. Yeah. We, we worry about what's good for the dog, not this style or that style. It's like, we're trying to get, save this dog. And as long as we keep that is the main thing. What I love so much about your show is obviously you're there to reform the behavior of the dog, but the emphasis is there's no bad dogs. It's the individuals that own the dog right and there was uh yeah yeah in, in season one and, and and i apologize i don't know their names but the couple that there was a dissonance between the couple right the yeah. guy was more firm and the 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 wife was like i just want to be nice to the dog and he's like no we have to be firm and you right. did this incredible job of of saying like mike and tasha there we go. Thank you. Mike and Tasha. And, and what resonated with me in that situation is, is I found myself a lot with uh, my husband. It's like, he's nicer. And I'm like, no, we have to be firm. Mm -hmm. And there is this dichotomy that it, it ends up creating a rift in the relationship mm -hmm. between That's us. Great. But our only goal is to help the dogs. We just right. don't know how to do it. Right. So when you walk into a situation, how are you so successful with your communication to the owner? Because again, the emphasis is there's no bad dogs. It's just, it's our fault as owners. What would you say to someone that's listening right now that you would say like, what's the number one thing as owners we should pay attention to? 
Well, as an owner, as a CEO, as a parent, whatever you are in a leadership role, you have to figure out what engages your team. And the key is when you know what engages them, then you can build value in that and then leverage that to get stuff done because everybody wants to work. They were all selfish in a way. We all want what we want, whether it's for mm-hmm. job, it's freedom, it's financial freedom, it's want to go to the beach. We all want what we want. So when you tap into that and you're able to channel that and get the dog really engaged, focus on the focus on the source of the issue, which is lack of engagement and not just trying to go fix the problem. Because yeah. once you have engagement, a lot of times the problems will fix themselves because you're able to expose the dog indirectly and not make it such an event. It's like the dog can experience because it's able to put his energy in a dopamine state versus an anxious state. Mm-hmm. What do you mean by that? As when you say a dopamine state, for those people that don't know what a dopamine state is. So a dopamine state is your happy, your fun place, where you are in your mind mentally. You know what I mean? You're depressed. You got to go have fun. You got to go turn up. You know, you got to get with your people who are going to keep you up. You know, and a lot of times people get depressed. You have to, you know, check, you have to redirect that energy and figure out what it is. And that's the same thing with the dogs, whether they're nervous or distracted, because a distracted dog needs engagement. Mm-hmm. A nervous dog needs engagement. And then you need support. They need they need compassion. They need, you know, patience. And then from there, yeah. build them up into being more confident and, and less sensitive, you know, yeah. and eventually they're like, hey, you know, they're like little Andrew on that in, in the show. So it's like with, even with kids, like you, you, you pump them up and you get them, yeah. up, you know, and then you support that. And you give that behavior. Like first thing I said, like, hey, good eye contact, acknowledge what you like. Don't always look at what you don't like. Look what you like. And then from there, then they're going to get build some communication. You know, and the dogs will say, instead of trying to fix me, let's engage me. Let's get some trust mm-hmm. in. You see what I mean? Yeah. And like, if I come and the CEO comes to the company and they start telling everybody, well, this is the new structure and blah, blah, blah. People are like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You know, and that's just natural. You know, and if you got to just win your trust. And if you win the trust, then the dog will go anywhere with you. Then you don't mm-hmm. have to do anything really abrasive or anything. The dog just wants to roll. You just want to be comfortable mm-hmm. with anything. You're just helping the dog along the process. It's really coming from a compassionate place. But again, understanding temperament, understanding what a dog needs, understand what they want, how to build more value. You know, you take one piece of food and stretch that out a whole training session, or you can give it to them for doing nothing. You see what I mean? Yeah. So mm-hmm. it's how you leverage it and, and how you build fun. Like for me, I'm a very motivational trainer. I'm very positive. I got treats, trays, toys. I'm scratching in your chest, your belly, behind your ears. I know all these different places where it's not just a pet. It's like a exciting, accelerated pet. Mm-hmm. It's not just a piece of food. It's like a whole game that we're going to do for this food. It's not a toy. Yeah. It's how we let you win and you feel like you accomplished the world. So when you get in that kind of state, you're ready to do more. You're willing to like do things in order to get that feedback. What's the number one mistake people make that you find? Common one. Uh, I think, yeah, so I think trying to, uh, number one, under-stimulating their dog yeah. and under-engaging their dog. Believe it or not, under-correcting their dog, mm. right? So we'll talk straight on that, right? So what happens, you go under-correct correct your dog and go, hey, no, don't do that. That was stimulate the dog versus like, hey, don't do that. And they get it like, oh, okay, you mean business. So the thing is like, mm-hmm. what the threshold of the dog is? Like you can say a word, but it doesn't have any value unless you pair it with something. And again, if you get the dog engaged, that's always going to be your first alternative, but you're going to have competing motivators and you're going to have certain situations that are, you know, again, we have dangerous dogs there for kids and for, for, for people. And you have to be able to like correct those issues. Otherwise you're going to run into, you know, dangerous situations. Yeah. And the dogs establish things through confrontation, not negotiation. That's the pack whole dynamic. So what happens? Con- that's, that's important. That's it. Yeah. Thank you. I, I want to interject confrontation, not negotiation. Correct. So dogs respond better to negotiation, not confrontation. No, they 
they, they're not going to sit at a round table necessarily in reason. Yeah. See what I mean? Like if you got a, a mother and her puppy. Okay, let me, let me give, let me give an example. So I'm at the dog park the other day. I've got this, uh, this, and cause breeds are important because breeds the DNA. It's very, yeah, it's, 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 it's like humans. Higher level predatorial instinct. So hmm. my Willis is half Sheba. Mm-hmm. Attitude. Tell you no. Attitude, stubborn. Hot tamale. Exactly. Klikai. Uh, I did a DNA test. This cat's a hot, a 10% wolf. Like this cat's like, Ooh. you know, there's, uh, I know. <laughs> very, very, uh, very, uh, Self, self, uh, self-preserve, and just very like an individual. Where they don't need anybody. You can just live. I had, I had a dog trainer, like straight up LAPD, like retired canine trainer, come over to my house, and he goes, "You got to test this dog." And I go, "What do you mean?" He goes, "Because if there's more than ten percent wolf in him, I can't do anything because like that's just who he is." I DNA test him. This cat is ten percent wolf, and I was like, "All right, here we are." Oh. Right. right. <laughs> so, but. So, but I'm at the dog park the other day and I was like, Willis, we're leaving. We're leaving now. Let's go. So I got the other, I got the, I got the German shepherd, Daisy. She's very obedient. She's my rescue. She, all she wants to do is please me, whatever. Mm-hmm. Willis is the Sheba wants to defy like everything. <laughs> and finally I was like, I'm out. I took a Daisy to the car. I like drove out of the parking lot. I left Willis in the parking lot because I was like, I'm out on this thing. And I was like, I can't leave my dog here. So I drove back and Willis was waiting for me. Oh my God. You left him. <laughs> A hundred percent because I was like, you know what? I'm leaving him here. So I know his friend Stan, he's going to be fine. But I'm like, why do I have to sit here and beg this dog to come with me? So what can I do in that situation? Or what am I not doing as an owner that's right or wrong when this cat won't come? Create more value and have more of an absolute system of recall. So I don't train a dog off leash until I have a dependable recall Ooh. on leash. Because the leash allows me to like reel him in. Mm-hmm. You know, I was like, come on. You know, because so what happens is he gets come, becomes conditioned to be motivated to do it, plus he has yeah. to do it. And the only reason he has to do it is because he's motivated and I have him on leash. He gave me a straight middle finger at the dog park. He's like, I'm going to stay here. Well, yeah, that's, that's his level of distraction. Like, why would he want to leave? Wolf or not? Right. You know what I mean? Like, especially if okay. he's having fun. So it has value there. And then from there, you have to, um, you know, practice that. And then you start proofing the obedience with distraction, small levels of distraction until you go into the dog park and expect to have an off-leash recall. So I shouldn't, I shouldn't let him off leash then. You got to do everything on leash. A lot of times it's like six foot leash and you go like 10 foot Mm -hmm. of leash and then you got 15 foot leash. You know what I mean? Once you got 15 foot leash and you can kind of like drop the leash and start working it. But so when can you come to Los Angeles to help me? (laughs) So I'm coming with, I have a tour the first uh, week of May and then I have online training. We have our online training at 15 minutes a day on Instagram live on Mondays and Fridays. And yeah, we, we're always training. Oh, that's our slogan, always training. So the key is, is like you, you condition your wolf hybrid, whatever you have, because obviously it's your dog. You know, he's uh, going to be around, right? So it yeah. doesn't matter. What I do is like say it's 10% wolf, then that means I got to train another 20%. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? It's like you just got to mm-hmm. hold up and say wherever you're off balance. You know, if like you got strong arms, you got to work double legs. You know what I mean? It's like you got small legs. Like it's the same thing. So dogs have temperament imbalances. And then from there, you like got to compensate for them. So. It's like a mathematical equation, but we just teach people how to do it. It's real, it's real simple. 
What people don't understand is your part therapist as well. They do not understand that when you come into the picture, they're going to hear a lot about what they're doing wrong and figure out why the hell they're doing it wrong, right? I mean, you really don't get paid enough to be both a trainer and a therapist for these people. Give us some sort of story and you don't have to name names, just how hard it is to get into the heads of these owners. Mm, It's about you, my friend. It is. Well, what happens is the busier the client, yep. you know, that's the hardest part. Because when you're busy, then it's like you expect like mm-hmm. everybody else is at your foot. Like, you know what I mean? You can, you know, pay for that. So do we have to train the dog so the dog is right there at their, at their, so sometimes they can't train. We have to train it yep. because they need no response. But even then, the dog still knows what you know. So if, if they're like, if they see like, oh, you're going to repeat command. Oh, you're going to ignore the fact that I just blew you yep. off. Like they're constantly <laughs> testing to see what's going on. And my son does it like, this is a full, like, you know, it's like every day he's saying, like, Daddy, you serious? And then I have to say, I'm serious. And then I take him away and I re-engage him on something else. But now it's almost like a game. Like, now he knows what no means. Like, no. And then he goes, and he looks like, ah, Daddy, you got me. Yeah. So run away. You know, so it's like, the thing is, is that they everybody's trying to test to see where they yeah. are in relationships. People test, yeah. other people test each other at work. People test each other in every kind of way. So dogs is no different. It's just if they win or not. And it's not like you don't have to over-discipline them for not. You just have to assure that they end up doing what you need them to do. And like I said, the whole goal is to just can kind of get it on a one-command system to where you're not begging the dog, you know, because it's like one thing to like give a command and then be a beggar. Right. You don't want it's, to- it's so interesting you say that because dogs like children or a spouse in a relationship, we want to know what we can get away with. And we push the limits and we see where the line is. And I'm like, oh, they're serious. You said it, or, not, oh, you said it not me. <laughs> I, 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 I am raising my hand right here. It's strong. It's all the way up. I do it in a relationship. I'm like, oh, there's the line. But it's just that. No, it's just that. And so I guess, you know, again, not everyone has access to someone like you. Um, you know, not everyone knows what to do. And, and I've seen in your show the frustration frustration of owners. The frustration happens in myself. And these are animals. They can't communicate. They don't know, you know, to say to you like, Hey, relax or whatever. So calm down. What would you, uh, what, yeah, calm down. What would you suggest as owners that we can do a better job of just hearing our animals, even though they don't know our vernacular? Well, the thing is, is like, they're not necessarily, they'll hear you. But the thing is, like I said, you got to tap into that engagement. Yep. Dogs want what they want. They need to be motivated. You know, yeah. it's like they, they they're workers. To, yeah, they, they need a job and you have to tap in. You know what I mean? It's, it's like kids need jobs. Everybody needs social. They need, mm-hmm. they need um, stimulation, physical and mental. So the thing is, you got to do that part. I guess the owner's part to like tap into that and figure out what, what motivates them. From there, you got a leash. From there, you got your training box. And you could work on all your behaviors right there on that box. And then from there, just go on to the world. I've seen you with Slash in the trainer box. So explain yeah. what that means and how can I build a trainer box? So I have them actually on calicanine.com. Uh, it's pretty much an elevated platform that allows the dog to do a straight sit, mm-hmm. straight down, straight stand, you know, recall into a straight front position and recall, you know, call the dog to a heel straight. So when you see like me doing all of this, like, robotic obedience is only because I'm just teaching a basic foundation and then we just build on like a house. So a lot of times some people reinforce sloppy obedience. And my whole concept was taking working dog obedience and bringing it into pet obedience and not kind of settling like, oh, that's just pet dogs and these are working dogs. Like, no, dog training is dog training. So it's like, mm-hmm. mine's like a, a high, it's almost like a CrossFit where you have like high, heavy duty workouts for the average person. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it doesn't have to be too crazy, but it's, it's a high standard of just going and just 
hanging out the gym and not getting any results. Like it's like a program. So that's what we, that's why we do the box. And then, you know, we, I do with the same training my clients do, same stuff. That's awesome. Cause they need to always, like you said, be stimulated. Like they can never be bored because I feel like, well, just speaking from uh, experience, once they're bored, that's when they give you the middle finger and they're like, you know what, mom, it's your problem. And that's what I learned from the whole thing. Um, any story that has absolutely inspired you along the way that, you know, is one that you keep close to your heart, whether it's, I'm, I'm just thinking of Caesar and when the, I know one dog, you know, bit him and he talked about that was the dog that sent him to the hospital. And then he adopted that dog. Anything Thing that has just you know you always kind of tell this story that's inspired you yeah absolutely i was i was doing a regional championship for the helper decoy mm-hmm. work stuff uh, up in uh, washington state and my mentor who played a huge role in, in my influence and in teaching me the business of dogs and temperament and all this stuff who's that his name is bob smith he's out of lakewood cool. washington and uh bob you know he taught me uh, and I've learned from various trainers all over, but it's just like, he was one who like really took me in like a son, you know, and and that was really cool. But we were doing a competition. There was this dog that was like rumored to be this super high caliber dog. He's like, in, a, in, the, in the protection sport we do is a hundred point protection dog, like super just strong in all of his drives, like the perfect Belgian Malinois, wow. except he, he had already bit two or three handlers. And those two or three handlers, you know, again, they probably, you know, uh, did something to like where he just kind of asserted his dominance and just said, hey, this is what it's going to be. And sometimes in our motivational techniques, we can kind of do a lot of begging to make this dog look happy. But in the, in the, the dog has to know he can't just go and like bite you. And what happens is he sent a couple people, you know, to the ER and it was time for him to, you know, find a new home. So Bob, of course, says, I can do it. I'll take him. But in that process, before kind of re-transforming the dog, he brought him out to be a showcase for me while I was doing this helper tryout. So we want to bring a nice dog, show my work, showcase as a helper, you have to work like 20 or 30 dogs consistently the same way. And a judge wants to see this high level of like understanding of working a dog. So basically he brings his dog out. And as he's bringing it out, he tried to like, you know, like move a collar around and the dog just turns up and starts biting him wow. and just going after him all out attack. And this is like big police dog, like serious. And he has no equipment, no nothing. Everybody around him just scattered like roaches. And I'm mm-hmm. all the way down the field and I'm the one with the protective equipment. So I come down, I take on the fight from the dog. He bites me, you know, we get him under control, you know, uh, we, we load him up and I see Bob and he's got his whole tendon, like from all the way here, like out of his arm, just hanging like a piece of spaghetti. Jesus. <laughs> and I see him with this laceration in his hand and this one and this one. And I had to come to my senses, like, oh shit, like this is what dog training can get you. This yeah. is, this is the type of dogs we deal with. And this is, you know, so you know, it just made me understand, like, you can only trust a dog based on a history, you know, and what he shows you, what he proves mm-hmm. as you're training him. You know what I mean? And that's why I never really just jump in on a dog, like, like trusting a dog before he shows me that I can trust him. That's so interesting that you say it. So I don't have children. Uh, I, I hope to have children in the next few years. Mm-hmm. But I think about, like, my dogs are my babies, right? And my German Shepherd and Willis, and, like, they're aggressive. And, like, a lot of my friends don't want to come over because they're so... Mm-hmm you know, protective of me in my environment. They might be insecure with themselves. So a lot of times, that's the biggest, I think that's the biggest misconception is people say, my dogs are aggressive because they see aggression in 16 dimensions of aggression. Okay, what's so interesting that you just said that, when I got Willis, they were like, uh, literally in the description of Willis was like, he's insecure. And I'm like, the dog's insecure. The dog was six months old. I'm like, that dog's insecure. And it's like, he has self-esteem issues. (laughs) And I laughed, I laughed at it. 
Okay. Okay. So can you help me before I get into my second tier question? And again, I could ask you 700 questions, but you have a life. So you have to get on with your day, but That's real cool. quickly, like if the dog, if in my case, Willis is insecure or has, and I like laughed at it. So I'm like, what? This dog lives in Malibu and he's got three incredible meals a day and he's got a dog. How's this dog insecure? Right. Whatever. Like, what do I do for that? So it's almost like kids, you think, oh, because I raised him here and he has this life and this and that. It's like he is who he is as a temperament, as a person, you know. So sometimes it's confidence issues, sometimes sociability issues, sometimes, you know, manners, all that kind of stuff. All is kind of how you shape behavior. Yeah. That's where we're all the same. And we're just a product of like what society has allowed us to get away with. You see what I mean? Like It's like you have manners or you don't. Are you kind of rude? Are you pushy? Are you this or that? So again, same thing with the dogs. Sometimes people are mean because they're insecure. You see, so they they actually plan off their, you know, what their insecurities and then they kind of like be aggressive with people. And a lot of times with with dog behavior, um, sometimes that's the case. Like sometimes they're scared and because they're scared, they're lashing out to overcompensate. So, yeah, I'm tough. Yeah. But they're really not tough. They really just saying, mm, get totally. away from me, help me, help me. So the thing is, like those kind of dogs, we address that issue by like not taking them straight into the distraction or whatever it is they're freaking out about. We do everything distraction free you know, all full motivation. Again, we tap into that dopamine, we tap into that motivation, and then we gradually move them into that whole space of socialization. I need your help. I need all the help I can get. So you're saying (laughs) Joe Biden's dog is insecure for... Uh, Yeah, that's all easy stuff. Like, that's what I do. I rescue. Yeah. We go through the process. And the thing is, whether we do it or whether we show somebody how to do it, somebody's got to do it. Somebody's got to put in the work. Somebody's got to spend the time with the dog. Somebody takes repetitions. You know, we say it's like three, four thousand repetitions before your dog really gets what it to you know what it needs. So if you're not training those kind of repetitions, then how's your dog gonna know? Yeah. So you never worried when you had your 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 son. You never worried about behavior of slash or you know any dogs that were around your son. No, but I understand dogs, and I understand like I have a twenty pound toddler, and I have a dog that's super motivated, and you know him not see doing anything by ill will, but he might run past him. And bump mm-hmm. I mean, in the process of bumping, he might bump his head. So you have to like think worst case scenario. And that's why I move how I move. Like, you know, dogs, when they come in the house, a certain like inside behavior because of what could happen. Yeah. You know, and I always kind of think, you know, I mean, I, I always say optimistic, but it's always good to be, you know, precautious at the same time. So, no, I don't I don't have any issues like Slash and Musa, all his dog, all our dogs are really solid with him. He's confident with them. And no, nah, it's all mm. good. I just again, I just always you know, he, even him, like you have to watch him from going up the stairs, doing the, the block, baby blocks and getting in the drawers because this is what they do. Yeah. So you have to, like even with dogs, like they're hyperactive and they're getting into trouble. Like you ha- it's not that they're getting in trouble. They just need to be stimulated and they're going to stimulate themselves if you don't stimulate them. Same thing goes with the kid. Kids, you just, you know, they, they're, whew, they're like yeah. <laughs> more hours, more hours. Who's harder to train, dogs or kids? I like them both. I love, <laughs> you know, raising my son is amazing, you know, because it's like you're constantly like, shaping his baby, you know, and then even like my wife, she's always like teaching him new things. And I'm just like, wow, like you're teaching him like you're beating me and teaching him stuff because she, she spends the time and, you know, they, they practice and she spends the time and it's like with the repetition and he's just turned into his own little person, like this one year old little person. And it's just mm. a product of like, you know, shaping his behavior and his experiences. And he's, and he's being responsible. I mean, he's listening. He's doing a lot of things, but he's still a baby. So you have to understand that and, you know, kind of set him up for success. So it's very similar in so many ways. But I can't mm. lie, I love being a dad. Aww. It's like the ultimate. Mm. All the dog training I did 
and everything is really like made this really cool. So, so cool. Yeah. What's next for you? What I mean, I hate that question when people ask me, but I'm I'm so interested. Where do you want to take this thing? Um, well, we're going to continue to film because I think that's the best way to get our content out there to the world. Yeah. You know, people can do internet and things really cool. We've got a tour coming on. We're going to go national, international tour. We've got the online training. We've got our calicanine.com store merch, training kits, underdogs program for nonprofit for, you know, disadvantaged youth. Yeah. You know, we've got a big brother program. Talking to the positive change. We go into the prisons, work with the inmates so nice. and uh, helping them get, mm-hmm. you know, the training. So it yes. helps rescues plus guys getting out. Of uh, you know, a lot of our guys, you know, they they have you know, uh, uh trouble past, but yeah. you know, it's, it's, we can rehabilitate dogs, we can rehabilitate humans, we can rehabilitate everybody. We rehabilitate the world. Amen. That's our goal. Mm-hmm. You know, spreading love and just you know doing good work and uh, surround ourselves with positivity, not giving the haters too much uh, it's, you know, energy. I love that. Before we let you go, um, so much of what you have said resonates with me and like I will do my best to apply it and also come on tour when you're in Los Angeles yeah. because I need all the help I can get. But you know, why, I come to LA. I, I, come here, you know, dude, I, I need it. I need you. Um, but, but I was telling Aaron, like when we started this podcast, like why I wanted you on, I watching your show, you just have an incredible, it'll like make me emotional and weird, but like you have this awesome ability to connect with people and like you make people's lives better because of it. And like, I'm getting emotional because like I almost had to get rid of my dog because she didn't get along with my other dog. And like, I can't imagine like not having her. So my emotion is like, you have an ability to like keep dogs with the families they're supposed to be with like you have an ability to keep dogs when like you know the kids like don't aren't good with dogs or the dogs aren't good with kids like you sorry you're an angel basically she's saying you're an angel full-blown angel no i'm saying like no and and why my emotion is weird is because like i love i don't have kids so like my dogs are my kids so i can't imagine like having to get rid of them because they're gonna like attack my children uh in the future so i think what you offer people is like this ability as we've seen in the relationships and like your episodes to keep relationships together to keep families together and to keep a community together because there is a sense of like when you have the dog that you feel protective in that community where like it's a little sketchy and like that dog protects you so the emotions coming from a place of like what you do is far greater than dog training. Do you feel that? Is that why you do this? Is that, you know, again, sorry for my emotion, but like, I just love it. Yeah, for sure. I always say it's bigger than dogs. You know, um, I I think my community, like my, keep my closest friends around me. I mean, you know, we, I I really give them a lot of um, uh, credit, right? Because your people, your tribe who kind of keeps you, on point, keeps you humble, looks out for you, gives you real tips, real advice, coming from a place of love, you know? Um, and then just, you know, I just, I really, man, just doing good good in the world. You know, my mom, yeah. you know, she taught me to be a good person, you know, uh, being a Muslim, you know, it's all about being a good person and really, you know, helping your brother and, and putting on and giving, you know, giving your time and giving to your community. Um, and I think just, you know, like that's just Oakland. That's, you know, you, you, you talk to like, you know, sometimes our, our, our families are, broken up and displaced, but you got a brotherhood that's like no other brotherhood, you know? So I got brothers who are like, it's just like blood. Like I have blood brothers too, but then I have other brothers because I moved to the West Coast when I was two years old and we moved to Oakland. And, you know, it's just it's just good to like, just, it's just an organic thing, you know, and everybody 
just like I said, hold you accountable for stuff. And like, you know, but at the same time, it's like a crazy place. So you have to be street smart. You have to be sharp. And uh, really, we're just trying to, you know, take this game and give it to the world. At the same time, inspire the youth, you know, and hopefully, you know, do some good work in the world while we're here. Thank you for doing it. Sorry to be weird and emotional. No. Sorry to be weird and emotional, but like no, dogs, yeah, dogs are like, I love them. I almost got emotion. I got to get, I got to catch myself. <laughs> you know, I feed off those. You know what I mean? That's love right there, you know? So no, like dogs are, dogs are my family. And like you do, yeah. you have your show, your show is incredible. And what you do to keep, you know, families protective and the unit yeah. and the whole thing. So keep doing what you do. Bigger than dogs. Totally. Man, we got to like, yeah. feeling, man. So it's like, Dogs and families and, and just, you know, we got all these issues going on in the world. It's like we can yeah. bring it through dogs and, you know, and like exploring other things, man. It's like, why not leverage through dogs and make it all, make it all good? Well, you're special. There's a reason that you stand out. There's a reason that you're, uh, you know, of all the dog trainers, uh, you, you have this platform. Uh, you've obviously resonated with me uh, enough to elicit this emotion. And I'm not the only one because I'm um, a hard shell to crack. So thank you for your energy, okay. your love and for your guidance, because I will apply that to my own life. Yeah, yeah. Um, thank you. Send me a direct message. You know, I will. I will. I appreciate you. And, and above all else, like uh, blessings to your family. And thank you for what you do. Appreciate you guys having me on the show. So nice to meet you. Keep doing what you're doing. And thank you, too. You're welcome. So sweet. Guys, everyone loves a win, even if it's small. I had two big ones. I mean, congratulations to me. Let's celebrate. Finally cleaned out the fridge in the garage with all the nasty crap in the drawer from last Christmas, maybe even Thanksgiving. And... I'm getting somewhere on my closet. Purging, organizing, what about you? My big wins have to do with the cute little animals up at the ranch. Simba, who's my rescue, graduated. He doesn't have to stay in the crate overnight. He can hang out with the big boys at night. And also my sweet little baby chicks are thriving. So no matter if your win is big or small, it's still a win. And it calls for a celebration. And who's cheering right beside you? Say it with me, Aaron. State State Farm. Farm. The State Farm personal price plan helps you create an affordable price just for you. So talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings and eligibility vary by state. Hey there. Did you know that May is Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month? Macy's is celebrating by highlighting some cool AAPI-owned brands like Cardon, Kaja, Amelia George, and Hey Maeve. I mean, I love that a big brand like Macy's is supporting Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month. It's important. But you know what? The best reason to check out these brands is that they're just really awesome. Seriously, you need to check them out. And you know what else? You have a great opportunity to open up access to college for AAPI students and help them succeed by donating to APIA scholars. APIA is the nation's leading nonprofit organization devoted to the academic, personal, and professional success of Asian American, Native Hawaiian, and Pacific Islander students. You can donate online or just round up your purchase at Macy's when you check out. So do what you can to help. Join Macy's and round up your purchase to the nearest dollar at checkout to support APIA scholars. Shop Asian American and Pacific Islander-owned brands at Macy's.com or in-store. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off, grand slam, or a base hit to center field. 
Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey guys, welcome back to Calm Down Podcast. I gotta be honest, if you are not dialed into our Instagram account, which is Calm Down Podcast on the old IG, you're missing out. I mean, you're getting insight from me in my pajamas with my acne skin. You I give mean, a whole filter. lot. You give a lot on the on yeah. our Calm Down. I love that about you. You're giving people what they really want. I'm even like pleading to Mitchum about our deodorant situation, which we got to We got to get back to that later on, you know, down the road. But I mean, for those of you that don't know, Erin's really upset that her favorite deodorant's being discontinued. I don't know if it is. I just can't find it anywhere. So I'm also mad because I DM'd them. Well, not DM them. I tagged them on the Calm Down IG account and uh, they haven't looked at the uh, message. That's always, I hate that. I'm like a girl. I was just going to say that. If the guy, maybe he hasn't seen it. Oh my God, is he getting Wi-Fi? Where is he right now? Um, I'll tell you where I am right now. Putting How are you doing? Um, new concealer okay? back on after my emotional outburst with Jaws. I, I'm sorry, but like, you know, again, we started this episode with your emotion about your dogs. My emotion mm-hmm. is about what it is that he does for families and the ability yeah. to keep them together and for the relationship to be stronger because you know you and Jarrett like you know any argument that you might get in that revolves around how he is is rooted in a place of love and you just want the best for your dog so watching his episodes and watching what he's able to do and also for these dogs and you know I know uh when I adopted Daisy she was I can't tell you how many rugs she ruined in this house because she'd have all these accidents but I know that she was abused in the past because of them she was in six foster homes before I took her home and um, you know, it just makes me sad to think that these dogs don't get a chance to have a great home because they don't know any better and they just want to be loved and owners want to love them. So what he's able to do, I really enjoyed my conversation as I know you did as well with him and I have so much more to learn and I'm going to get him down here. Him and I um, are going to have a side conversation. I see, see how much I can beg him to come down here and work with me because I, uh, I can have a lot to learn. Yeah. Anybody that works with dogs or wants to make their lives better just, I think, has a heart of gold. Okay. This is something that I have been passionate about for a while, and I want to try to talk to you about this and see if maybe we could figure this out. I don't know if this is a project for the Calm Down podcast. I don't know what this is, but you know how much our dogs have changed our lives. Mm -hmm. I have been very, very passionate about when veterans that are returning home or veterans that have been injured. I have been so passionate about projects that bring them an animal, like, you know, not reunite them with a dog, but pair them with a dog. It's something I talked to our friend Jay Glazer about. And if you don't know about Jay Glazer and what he does with MVP, um, his group and with veterans and so forth, I just really want to find a way to work with some sort of group that pairs maybe dogs. I know shelters aren't overcrowded right now because of COVID, but I, I think that Jaws said that they may start being like people, you know, may start going back to work, have to give up on the dogs. I would love to pair up animals that have hearts of gold 
with these veterans that have served and are dealing with PTSD or injuries. Because one time I was reading, here we go with the emotions, like this whole thing about, you know, these guys that come home and what they've seen and what they've gone through. And sometimes they just want to sit there with a dog and nobody can understand them like a dog. Yeah. Oh, Aaron. and I just, where can we do I this? Love that. I really I, want to be a part of this. Well, I will put in every resource, every effort, every amount of energy to help see this to fruition. Because as you mentioned, our buddy Glazer, what I've been able to see firsthand being associated with that program. So it's merging vets and players. And the idea behind that idea is, you know, yeah. to your point, that like veterans are a part of a team and their squadron and the things that they see out in battle and for players, you know, what life looks like for them after the game of football and still needing to have that locker room. So I love the idea of merging, <laughs> I mean, our favorite things, which are animals um, and people that that need that extra little love and just and a sense of purpose. My brother went through a lot and that's uh, another conversation and it's his personal yeah. story, so I won't share it. But I know that like the birth of his daughter saved his life because he had wow. purpose after that. And he wasn't going yeah. to take his life knowing that he had her. So it's this idea that if somebody is feeling a certain way, as heavy as this conversation has now become, it, it, it's, it's important to have because we want to have purpose. And so to yeah. your point about somebody coming home um, and having seen the things that they have and serving our country and doing the greatest, most you know, selfless thing you could possibly do, having an animal there gives you a sense of purpose. It gets you up in the morning. You've got to walk the dog. You've got to feed the dog. So I think that's an incredible idea. And, and I know you just brought it to our attention right now, but I say that we work offline to, to see that become a reality. Yeah. I tried to sell it as a show. Nobody wanted it at the time. Well, but you know I what? just would love to do it. Forget the show. The show will come. But right yeah. now, as we saw, even with what Jaws does, um, you know, yeah. what he does is that he was there to service the dogs and the show comes after the fact. So let's put all of our efforts and energy into that. I love it. Yeah, I do, too. I, I love that so much. It, um, and if anyone listening would... has um, more information sort of on how we can kind of effort I this, I mean, I think that this is a great community. And Gary always... Sinise, are you listening? Get great, great, great <laughs> feedback from, um, you know, people who are I, I work with Wags and Walks. I work with um, German yep. Shepherd Rescues from where I got Daisy. So um, let's put our heads together. And anybody that's I listening know. that also feel like they can help um, in this aspect would be would be awesome. I think there's a big possibility here. But I hope that if you guys listening, if you have an animal, you can understand. If you don't have an animal, you can see why people love, uh, you know, them so much. So thank you for listening, everyone. And she got heavy this week, huh? Yeah, but for good reasons. You know, sometimes it's okay to be heavy. But let's yeah. end how we started. It's a major award. Oh, God. Thanks. We love you. Well-deserved. Thank you. Uh, everyone, thanks for listening. Calm Down Podcast. And when in doubt, just go to our IG. Erin has all the entertainment you need. And oh, she smells yes. great, thanks to Mitchum. We'll see you next <laughs> week, everybody. Don't discontinue my deodorant. Please, Mitchum. <laughs> Calm Down with Erin and Carissa is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
And with the State Farm Personal Price Plan, you can keep winning when you create an affordable price just for you by bundling your home and auto. Chris, you're always on top of all of this. Well, I am very deficient in some areas, but this is not one of them. I also love how personal State Farm is. I love my State Farm agent, Mike. Shout out to Mike. And guess what? Today, you guys can talk to a State Farm agent to learn how to bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, wait for it, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability amount on discounts and savings and eligibility vary by state. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. <laughs> 